You can help everything in your fridge last a little bit longer if you keep your fridge on the colder end of what is norm and if you keep the things that go bad in the coldest spots. So that goes for dairy as well. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Do you ever feel like you're throwing money away every week when you clear out the fridge? Soggy lettuce? Slimy cucumbers? Those leftovers that are starting to stink? This episode is for you. Oh, Megan, you made an episode for me. I'm so excited. Go ahead. Tell me. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Actually, you guys, this episode is for anyone who just wants to make the most of their food budget by not wasting food. Because waste is money. I know it's like hard to think about it that way. It's really easy to get caught up in just thinking about what you're spending at the cash register. But everything you throw away is something that you end up having to replace. So we've talked about this a little bit before and didn't I just feed you. But today's angle is just a little bit different. Instead of giving you advice that just puts more work up front, we also want to talk about how you can either preserve, freeze, or use up some of the most commonly wasted foods. Oh, that's a good place to start. Wait, what is your co- your most commonly wasted food, Stacey? Oh, mine personally? Yeah. Or our, what did our research show? No, no, no. We'll get to the research. Yours. What are you? What's your... Your trash of shame. Okay, my trash of shame. I'm so into this. I love this game. This is like a question we should ask everybody. Like we should ask people when we interview them. Yeah. The trash of shame. Okay, baby spinach. Hands down. Number one. Number one. Remember once when you talked about how you would like pick through it? Yes. Like clamshell lettuce. You're like, I will pick through. Yeah. And my kids kids catch me doing it. Yeah. My kids catch me doing it. They won't eat whatever it is. They're like, stop. Just stop, lady. Wait, I feel like I need to defend myself for a moment. I don't think you do, but when I do it, when I do it, it's usually for like smoothies or something where like it's getting blended up and like, why not just use what's there? That's all I have to say about it. Celery. Which is weird because I love celery. I also love celery. I love celery. But I buy celery. Think most recipes that call for celery only use a couple of stalks. And I'm like, well, I love celery. So I'm going to use this all because I'm going to eat celery sticks with hummus with my lunch. And I'm going to snack on celery, which is not like a diet thing. I actually legit love it. Or dip, like a creamy sour cream based dip with celery. Yum. Or like a celery salad, like a couple of times I've made fennel, celery, peanuts, and like a spicy Thai-inspired dressing. Can I go on a celery side quest really quick? Yeah. Did you ever eat the celery toast at Prune in New York? No. I still think about it. It, (gasps) It's like a piece of beautiful sourdough bread that they must have like fried in butter. And then they top it with like super thinly sliced and probably quickly pickled celery. Mm -hmm. And like a super, I know blue cheese is not your favorite, but like a super creamy blue cheese. And then they must like lightly torch it or broil it. And there's like a dressing of like olive oil and lemon juice. I still think about it to this day. It sounds so good. Wait, can we recreate it? I think we should. Okay. Okay. Great. That was it. Okay. And so celery, I just, it never like my, I don't usually meal plan. Again, celery, here we go. 
when I meal plan and get the ingredient, I use it up. But then I'm like, I'm going to get celery because I need it for this soup or this braise or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, I'll use it up. And for some reason, I don't like I think that I'll just make that celery salad for myself for lunch or the hummus snack, you know, as a snack for myself. There's something about me thinking that I'm going to use it up for me because I love it so much that I actually then don't put it on the meal plan and don't use it up and it gets limpy and weird. Limpy is the great, <laughs> such a great description for it. It does. It really does. So that's it. You're saying spinach and celery. And then I'll tell you what else goes. Carrots. Similar reason. My family will eat baby carrots. But if I buy a bag of carrots, of whole carrots, and I use a couple for a recipe and I don't have I, my meal plan doesn't call for using up the rest of them. And I'm like, that's OK, because everybody likes carrots. Carrot sticks as a snack next to lunch. Again, with hummus. Hummus is big in my house. Nobody will take out a whole carrot <laughs> and wash it or peel it and eat it. Nobody. If it's not a baby carrot, it really doesn't get eaten. And then they get like soft and weird and limpy, too. Yeah, they really do, too. Yeah. So those are my top three. Okay. I'm sure there are more. But what are your top three? OK, number one, and this is more like a more recent one, the like tiny baby cucumbers. You know, you can buy a little bag and it's like five or six. Uh, like they they're like thinner skinned. They're yeah. super snacky. And so I'm often compelled to buy two bags, knowing that one will mostly go into lunch boxes and thinking that the other one will get eaten either like as a side on a rice bowl kind of night or that I'll eat it as part of my lunch. And recently I've like thrown away whole bags of them where it's like they got buried in the lunchbox Ooh. snack veg drawer and everyone was going for Baby carrots are also the carrot coins are very popular in my house right now. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And so I've had to throw them away. It's very, very sad. It is so gross when they get slimy. It is so gross. And now, like, I think the trauma of throwing two away, like, sometimes I get into the bag and I'm like, oh, it's a little wet. Is it slimy? <laughs> is it slimy? Is it, like, checking it. <laughs> like. Trying to distinguish between whether it's wet or slimy. Anyways, it's okay. I think it's worse than limp celery. I think the like slime, <laughs> any sliminess is is worse. I agree. And then categorically, like greens, not baby spinach, because I feel like I'm mm. actually good at using up baby spinach or like moving it to the freezer to use in smoothies. Mm -hmm. But I like the rest of my family doesn't love love a salad, so I'll buy a clamshell of greens and then it takes me longer than I think it should to get through it. I like the tender gems blend of little baby leaves, but <laughs> yes. those are the ones that go bad the fastest. Like if I just bought yeah. romaine hearts, which actually my family likes to eat or like totally. iceberg, it would last longer in the fridge, but I don't. And then I'm like, Oh, slimy greens. And unlike you, I will not pick through it. If like, the like if 10% of it is slimy, the whole thing's going in the trash. <laughs> Goodbye. We do have a compost bin. And so sometimes I will like compost the slimy yeah. greens. But sometimes if it's bad enough, I'm just like, bye, girl. Wait, why wouldn't you just always compost them? That's what the, they're more I the way there. I know. I don't know. Maybe it's like. You just can't deal. Yeah, I can't deal. Yeah, Because it, I got it means I, got I got have it, to go it, like. If in the moment I realize it's like super slimy and it's like rainy and I would have to go outside. And honestly, 
honestly, I'm kind of scared of the compost because the sometimes mice get in there. So. Oh, yeah. Totally. Sometimes I'll open it and it'll move. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> Guess what? That's how I feel about I won't take the garbage out at night because I live in New York City. And y'all, my garbage cans are closed tight. But we got rats here. And like one time I saw a rat run out from underneath my garbage can. And I was like, I will not at night. We are brave. Done with that. But we are not this brave. <laughs> it needs to be daylight. It needs yes. to be perfect 68 degrees. <laughs> or we're not doing it. And I want to be a homesteader. <laughs> you are well on your way, friend. <laughs> okay. La- Third. Last thing is sadly cheese because i think i'm like a little bit too ambitious and especially like buying snacky cheeses and then i'm like oh i feel like i don't even know how to process this information so wait give us a little more detail okay as a like very real example in the last two weeks like i bought so there's the typical like i'll buy a block of cheese to like cut up for cheese and crackers or for lunches. I'll buy some pre-shredded cheese for like making quick nachos or cheesy chips in the air fryer, which my daughter loves. And I'll buy like what air quotes pizza cheese for like quick little air fryer pizza things on one of this Aldi products that we love that we talked about in a recent subscriber episode. So those are like the things we eat. We will always eat through them. Right. But then sometimes I'll be like, ooh, that cheese at Trader Joe's like this spree or it's like the black pepper pecorino. I was like, yes, I want that. And what happens is like we might make a cheese plate and like eat it. But then the other half or the like smaller bits will get moved into a container. And because there's no plan for it, mm-hmm. it just kind of like sits there and gets forgotten. So that did happen recently where we had like they weren't huge pieces of cheese, but they were like nicer cheeses that we just hadn't gotten to. And I was like, oh, Maybe I'm going to include this on my cheese plate today. And then I was like, oh, that is fuzzy. That is going in the trash. You know what? There's a theme. What's It's when we don't meal plan against the ingredient. And we're like, this will get used. This will get snack or I'll eat this for lunch. You know that I went through a period of time where I actually, quote unquote, meal planned my lunches. And my food waste was down. It was mm, chef's kiss. Because... This is really what it comes down to. I mean, this is why we did meal planning for everyone. Yes. That audio course, our audio course. Can because- I share about meal planning yeah. for everyone? Because it is really awesome, but it is like more than you think it is. Like it's an audio course, but then you also get four bonus classes with contributors like Artie Sequera and Kelsey Nixon of Recipe Club. There's also a new exclusive to meal plan students community that is like super robust and is popping off. So if this is a goal for you, like to waste less food, definitely check out didn't I just feed you.com backslash meal planning for everyone because we talk about this, like being intentional with your ingredients. Yeah, it's just so easy for things to go to waste when you're not. That's so interesting that that's such a very clear theme through both of our lists of what goes bad. I bet it's the case for a lot of people. Oh, totally. Yes. So is the top line here, like, how to stop wasting food? Uh, Stop buying ingredients without a plan. (laughs) (laughs) Done. (laughs) Go check out meal planning for everyone. But I mean, 
No, because we're going to do we're going to talk more on this episode, but also kind of. Yeah, I also really took to heart something that you said in meal planning for everyone, which is this idea of like when your plan shifts, because it will inevitably, you have to take a do it now approach to preserving that food or like moving it to somewhere else on your meal plan. And that's a lot of what I think we're going to end up talking about in this episode. Yeah, totally. Like as soon as you see that the spinach is going bad or you were like, I'm going to make Indian spinach dish. That's why I have two huge clamshells. Ask me how I know. And then you never get to making said dish. Figure it out then. Do whatever's fastest and easiest. But it will really make such a difference. Yes. We talked about our, uh, the foods that most commonly go bad in our fridges, but there's some research. I love when we come to an episode with research. Yes. It's like you love the organization and I love background research. It's really fun. And this seems to be a case where there must have been a report released in 2023 and like every single outlet reported on this. And some of the things are obvious to me and some of them are surprising. So I wondered, could we actually go through this list and talk about like things you might be able to do up front, like to store them better so they don't go bad as quickly, but also like what either of us would do when something is starting to go bad? Yes. Okay, listen, number one, Billis, we are called out here. (laughs) Lettuce. And I'm going to add for your sake, baby spinach. Baby spinach. Number one, most wasted food. Well, it's interesting, though, because there are different things you would do with lettuce than with spinach. Well, for sure. In some cases. But like, since spinach is my burden to bear, freezer is huge. Literally, if you have room, and I know we really don't. I know this isn't actually a practical suggestion because most people get their spinach in a clamshell these days. Although some people still do get the bags. It could literally go directly in the freezer. Yes. Right? Like, that's it. You do nothing. Just like take it from your fridge and put it into your freezer. Now, if you have a clamshell that doesn't work logistically with your space, dump it into a Ziploc bag or a freezer storage container that does work or a silicone bag, whatever it is. But you can literally just throw it into the freezer. That's the fastest, quickest, best way, in my opinion. No muss, no fuss, no cleanup. Yes, that's it. Um, If you have a little bit more time and you want to set your future self up, You can do smoothie packs, you can do stir fry packs, or you can just kind of divide it up into smaller bags that you can pull out individually. But it freezes beautifully for cooking and smoothing down the line. Yeah. And if smoothies are your end goal, then you could theoretically blend your spinach with a little bit of water and then pour it into like ice cube trays or super cube silicone trays. And then you just have a small dose that you can add to your smoothie when you make it. Yeah. And I think that's true for some of the more tender lettuces also that are mild in flavor, like those little butter gem lettuces that I love. Like if it's going to be blended in a smoothie, it doesn't really matter. Just blend it up. I literally never put lettuce in my smoothie. Have you? Uh, Yes, I have because I buy the thing and then I'm like, oh, I need to use it up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I wouldn't do it with every lettuce, right? Like, I'm not going to put a radicchio or an iceberg in there. But I think even um, our smoothie expert, Catherine McCord, will throw more of those, like, heartier green lettuces in her smoothies. Interesting. I also want to say that the cubes are beautiful for 
using spinach, this is great, especially if you have younger kids or older, pickier kids, throwing it into, you could throw a couple of cubes into your rice as it's cooking or your couscous or, you know, if you're making pastina or risotto, you can just throw it in there and just it'll cook. It'll add some color if your kids will accept that. And then you just like boosted it with a little spinach. No big deal. No extra thinking. It also won't add a ton of flavor if you just add a couple of cubes. You're just going to get a tiny boost of nutrition and you're just going to use it up, which is great. Okay, we didn't say this up front, but if you are a person who buys the clamshells regularly and you have any extra effort towards reducing the speed at which it goes bad, We do love the trick where you like put a paper towel at the top of the greens, whether it's lettuce or baby spinach, and then you store it so that it's upside down. So all the like excess liquid, which is primarily what makes those things go bad quickly, gets absorbed by the paper towel. Yeah. And I will do this when I have energy the minute I see condensation starting to build, because that condensation is a sure sign that within a day or two, you're going to start having sliminess. So you can really actually kind of save your greens. If you're waiting to that point, as I so often do, and then put the paper towel, you're probably only giving yourself a couple of extra days. So bear that in mind. But it is a great trick and it will give you that extra time. Yes. Once upon a time, the Greek myths helped us understand the world and our place within it. They still do. Zeus, we have finished your weapons. Thunderbolts, just as I saw in my vision. Whoa, that almost hit me. Need to improve my aim. To not hit me, right? Live from Mount Olympus spins these ancient tales for today's tweens and their grown-ups. I, Zeus, king of the gods, command that you listen to Live from Mount Olympus wherever you get your podcasts. Stacy, I don't know about you, but I've been in a major spring cleaning mode, including purging and organizing my closet. I'm putting away winter sweaters and donating things that don't work for me anymore. But I'm so excited to be pulling out some of my favorite items from Quince to put back into rotation. Totally. I love the pieces that I bought from Quince last year, too. And neither of us should really be surprised. We love Quince for their quality. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Which means I can actually add some pieces back to my closet after my spring clear out. I love the linen pants and top I got last season so much, but my next purchase is one of Quince's gorgeous 100% washable silk skirts. Oh, that's so pretty. And the best part, all Quince items from silk to 14 karat gold are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. That's why I snagged my favorite oversized cashmere boyfriend cardigan from Quince instead of any other brand. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash D-I-J-F-Y for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. 
We're thrilled to be working with ByHeart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is ByHeart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. ByHeart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Additional terms and conditions apply. We know you're seeing all the Mother's Day gift guides everywhere. And while we usually do some didn't I just feed you version, this year we have the one perfect Mother's Day gift that works for everyone even our last-minute shoppers, mylifeinabook.com. Mylifeinabook.com is a unique service that turns the life stories of people you love into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your gift recipient a question via email. These can be pre-written questions that they provide, or you can customize the questions the way that I did for my mom. Your recipient can either type a response or use their voice-to-text feature. MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. I'm really excited to be creating a book with my own mom this year, and I can't wait to hear some of her childhood memories, what it was really like raising three kids as a single mother, and how she's enjoyed becoming a grandmother, too. And when the book is done, you'll have a beautiful keepsake for her and for you too. You can even choose to have an audiobook created from the recordings. It's easy to sign up and the process is automated so you don't have to worry about missing a week. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code D-I-J-F-Y at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code D-I-J-F-Y for 10% off today. I want to move on to number two, bananas. Oh, yeah. Up front, they're the best thing that you can do to keep bananas from like going bad very quickly is handle them with care from the grocery store to home and then have one of those like hanger things. So they're like not smushed up against your apples and oranges in your fruit bowl to get bruised and and also ripen really quickly. I don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I do not either. (laughs) But I'm giving you the best advice that exists for those things. You know, it's funny because supermarkets these days tend to sell bananas that are like really unripe. I know. And then you're like, oh, the window in which I wanted a banana is long gone by the time it's ripe. It's so weird because sometimes I'm actually using improper storage to get them to ripen because I'm like, I just bought bananas. I want bananas. But I now have to wait like instead of five days, hopefully only three days. But then it's true that you have to be more on your game. Because then once they turn, you got to get them out of that situation. Yes. <laughs> you got to save bananas. I literally right now, today, if you were here in Brooklyn and could go down into my freezer, you would see that I have four completely brown bananas, whole, still connected at the stem in my freezer. <laughs> like I saw that they were going bad. I ignored it. They were going bad. I ignored it. Like third day, I was like, oh, crap. And I just like had no time or energy to deal. And I just took them whole and plopped them into the freezer. 
And guys, it works. I mean, you're only going to do, you could use it for banana bread too, because you can use basically a paring knife to peel. It will peel fairly easily. Some might stick, but you can use a paring knife. You don't want to let it thaw too long. Like you want to peel them while they're still kind of frozen, because once they thaw, they're going to be real mushy and peeling them is going to be gross and messy. Oh, see, I right? feel like I disagree with this advice. I oh. like, one, I, me, the control freak that I am, I hate that you threw them in there fully peel, like peeled on. I think they're harder to peel when they're frozen, but I do agree only letting them thaw a little bit so that you can get the peel off is best. Yeah. I was going to move on to other more optimal ways, but I really do want people to know that you can throw them in there like that. And then you just peel them with a paring knife on hand. And then I would cut them into pieces while they're still frozen. And a serrated knife is going to work just fine. Because even just after, like, by the time you peel them in those few minutes, they're going to soften on the outermost part enough that a serrated knife is going to be able to handle them. Cut them up, throw them into a batter for muffins, for bread, or throw them into your smoothie. Now, I agree, optimal you would peel them and throw them in whole. Remember when there was this whole debate about like people splitting hairs on Instagram about, oh, don't peel and cut. That's so much work. Like you can just peel and put them in whole. And then other people being like, well, if you cut them first, though, they'll be creamier when you blend them up. Guys, fine. Who cares? Either way, you can peel the banana, freeze it whole or peel the banana, cut it, freeze it on a parchment lined sheet in a single layer. And then once the coins are fully frozen, throw them into a bag. The point is you freeze bananas. I think this is an instance too of knowing what type of cook you are because I will freeze bananas whole but peeled because I'm more likely to use them for banana bread than I am for smoothies. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and listen, we get into those debates and we can nerd out about like whole or like which application they're better whole. But the point here is we're just trying to save money. <laughs> like It doesn't really matter. Freezing the bananas is great. To summarize, bananas, we are turning into smoothies, baked goods, or sort of like nice cream style dishes. You can also saute them. I know that's not your favorite. And I love it. But like a little brown sugar and some cut up frozen bananas in a pan like maple syrup, maybe a splash of bourbon. Delish. Serve it over ice cream. Let's move on now. Okay, here we get to something that's like a little surprising to me. Number three is milk. People have milk going bad. I feel like I can't relate to that, but let's talk about it. I can't relate to it either. In fact, I'm always running out of milk. Yes. And only three out of four of us drink cow's milk. Okay. But my kids love, obviously, one kid especially, loves cereal. So we're eating a lot of cereal snack. Yes. And cereal post-dinner. I think we're in the same boat, plus like coffee, milk of some kind in our coffee in the mornings. Yep. And then also like I keep buttermilk and heavy cream on hand. Do those, are they in the same category? And see, I feel like I go through those things. Oh, that's funny. I will sometimes throw away heavy cream. <gasps> that hurts me. Yeah. Yeah. I will. It hurts me too, but it happens like where I will just lose track of it. I'll use half a carton for something, but it's not something I'm grabbing all the time. Like as I improvise in cooking or like, it's just not something that I use all the time and I'll like, I'll grab it. In fact, I often have the experience of like coming up with a recipe and being like, oh, I have heavy cream in the fridge. 
And then I won't buy it and I need it for a recipe on my meal plan. And I'll be like, oh, crap, this this heavy cream is old and it's expired. Nothing more devastating, I think, than like you needed it and you didn't use it up in time. Yeah, I think this is a, a storage strategy where it's like just having it front and center in a place where it's like not disappeared to the back of the fridge so that you know to use it up. That's what I like. The buttermilk lives yeah. in the door. So when I'm like, oh, I have buttermilk to use up. I need to make dressing or make biscuits. Right. So dressing and biscuits. And I don't make either of those as a matter of course. And like, even if I saw the buttermilk there, I wouldn't be like, oh, let me make biscuits. Yeah. So it's not an ingredient that I buy lightly. Okay. Which goes back to our like number one thing is like don't buy ingredients if you're not going to use them. Yeah. The be- the beautiful thing here though is that dairy freezes really well. It does. Can we step back cuz you're talking about what should do when it's almost going bad. One tip up front that I've read is to not keep your dairy on the door because that's the warmest place in the fridge. But It kind of counters your advice, which I also think is smart, of like making sure that you see it and it's front and center. But you can you can help everything in your fridge last a little bit longer if you keep your fridge on the colder end of what is norm. And if you keep the things that go bad in the coldest spots. So that goes for dairy as well. But now let's talk about if you bought the dairy, you used half of your heavy cream or you used half your carton of milk and you see that it's going to expire soon. Yes, I think it's freezing it and being thoughtful about how you use it and freezing it in a quantity that you will use. So like for buttermilk, you know, usually I'm buying a quart of it. If I freeze it, I'm going to freeze it in a two cup increment so that I can make biscuits with it. I want to like talk about heavy cream and freezing it more in like two tablespoon portions because that's what I would use to finish a sauce. And also with the caveat that it's like not going to be as great at things like whipped cream after you freeze it. Yeah, totally. And you're going to thaw it first and then you add it. And like, don't be scared of what it looks like when it first thaws. Just mix it up and add it. I don't have as much experience freezing milk. Yeah, I've only done it a handful Except of times. For like April's Fool's Day <laughs> with the cereal snack. Not for food, it's yeah, a good like, one. It yeah. is a good one, but like not for saving my. Yeah, milk. I mean, I think it's the same thing. I will freeze it in like a half cup portion so that I can use it when I'm making like cheesy beef and shells, and I need like a little bit of milk because I'm never gonna freeze it and then like thought to serve in a cereal bowl for my totally. kids. The other thing. With heavy cream and also milk, especially if you're buying whole milk, is you could turn it into ice cream. I know that that's like very ambitious for a lot of people, but especially the heavy cream, you could do one of those no churn ice creams where you just like whip it and then add a little sweet and condensed milk or sugar and freeze it straight up. You don't even have to make ice cream. And we actually have a whole episode from last summer about how to make ice cream at home, both easy and more advanced ways to do that. So that could be really fun. Like use it up in a way where it's going to go in your freezer, but not take up as much room and bring you a little food joy too. Okay. We still have a long list here, Megan. Let's power through. Apples. This surprises me. Again, I can't keep apples in stock, but just out of the gate, I think this is the opportunity to make applesauce, to roast apples, use them in a more savory application. Do you have apples go bad in your house? Oh, 
every once in a while because my kids will go in and out of phases of what fruit they're eating. But I really have come to, I used to store apples on the counter. Now I always store them in the crisper drawer and I keep them cold. I mean, it dawned on me because I live in an, a major apple growing state that I was like, how do we still have apples in February? And it's like, oh, cold storage. Right. Yeah. So store them in the crisper for sure. Also, that's funny, like fun and funny advice. Like think about how that food is stored at a professional level and Mm -hmm. then apply that at home, too. So we tend to keep ours in a bowl on the counter. But now uh, you've got me thinking, oh, I should move them into the fridge. Yeah. Apparently, ideal range for long term storage is like 32 to 40 degrees, which is like typical refrigerator range. So they will last a long time there. We love that. Next up on the list, bread. This, I think, is probably like sourdough artisanal loaves more so than like sandwich bread. I'm inferring that. I mean, I would think so because there are (laughs) preservatives. There are ingredients in most store-bought sliced bread that's going to make it last a while. Do you store your bread? Let's just talk very quickly. Store-bought like sliced bread. Do you store it in the fridge or on the counter? In the fridge. Me too. And then you're like artisanal bread, fridge or counter? In the microwave. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Which is like acting as my bread box in this instance. Yeah. Yes. That's super smart. Is it annoying to have to like, do you use your microwave a lot? No. Okay. And I don't also have like a lot of like, if we have sourdough or like an artisanal loaf, I usually bought it for something intentional and we're going to like eat it up within a couple days. Yeah, totally. Okay. So I think where you store your artisanal bread matters. Keeping it in a paper bag, out of the refrigerator, away from excessive heat. So like not on top of the refrigerator, for example, or like right next to the dishwasher if that's if you're running it every night and it's giving off heat. Bread boxes are great. Reusable bread bags. I don't know. Store-bought bread that I keep in the fridge seems to keep for a really long time, so I don't throw it away. But again, the freezer is the answer if it's starting to go bad. You can also make breadcrumbs if it goes stale on you. Just throw the bread. It'd be great if you could cut the bread up before it's too stale to cut through it with a knife and then throw it in a food processor to make breadcrumbs. What else besides freezer and breadcrumbs? Well, speaking of like trying to slice it and turn it into croutons or breadcrumbs, Mm -hmm. we do have a trick that we've shared on didn't I just feed you this Instagram before, which is you can run it underwater, like the whole loaf of bread that's starting to stale, and then pop it in the oven for like about 10 minutes and it'll revive it. And honestly, you can eat it if it's not moldy at that point. Like you could eat it just like that and use it. Or that gives you the opportunity to cut it up into cubes to turn into croutons if you wanted to or like crostini. I also love to use any kind of bread that like just needs to get used up, whether it's artisanal or sandwich style to make like bread based stratas or bread puddings, like those kinds of dishes where you're incorporating eggs. And hey, that's an opportunity to use up your milk or heavy cream too. It's a great use of leftover bread. Yeah. And again, this is like, this relates to what we said at the top, that meal planning is really your friend here because 
you know, we're trying to give you a range of solutions and some things like throw it in the freezer is something you can do like as you're walking by and you see that the bananas are going bad and you're like, ah, panic, throw in the freezer, saved, I'll deal later. But if you are meal planning, you can also see that your bread's going bad and like look at the meal plan and actually figure out like what you can move around so that you can improvise and like add bread, you know, a savory bread pudding to your meal plan that week and then take something else that's maybe just an all pantry meal and move it. Or if you have to move even something to next week, say, okay, well, that pasta with ground beef, I'll pop the ground beef in the freezer because that will keep the ground beef fresh. Pasta doesn't go bad. And then I can use up this bread. And then you know how everything kind of ladders down. Okay. Avocados are next on the list, which... Mm. I think it feels like the bananas where it's like I buy it and maybe I need one that's ripe and then the rest aren't ripe and they never seem to ripen at the same time where they all ripen at once. So do you have any tips for storage and like preventing them from going bad on the counter? Well, I think this might be common knowledge, although it wasn't to me when I learned it, that just popping an avocado into the refrigerator, same temperature as we're talking about the apples, will like stop it from ripening and it will like last so much longer. So I do tend to be pretty vigilant because we do use avocados a lot and I'll buy at least two every single week. And they're expensive too. So they're one of those items that like I care for. So I'll keep them in a place on the counter where like every morning I can just quickly, I've made it part of my routine, like touch it and see where it is. (laughs) (laughs) And like, as soon as it's at perfect ripeness, I throw it into the fridge. Yes. And then it, I, it's good for at least a week longer. I agree. So I do use that technique. Uh, you can also freeze whole avocados, like just mm-hmm. pop them in the fr- freezer and then thaw them when you need them. Again, it's sort of like the bananas in that, like, you don't want it to thaw for too long. And also, you're never going to, like, eat that avocado just straight up as, like, an avocado side. You're going to mash it into guacamole or you're going to throw it in a smoothie or incorporate it into a sauce because the texture does change a little bit for freezing. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Next up, I'm going to kind of group the next couple of ones. Okay. If that's okay. Yeah. Deli items like meat, cheese, prepped foods, eggs, and meat. Okay. So let's talk about these. I think it's interesting. The deli items, we talked about cheese earlier, like the ends and bits of cheese. Only in regards to that, like, I waste them the most, which is a shame because they do freeze beautifully. Like, you can freeze shredded cheese. You can freeze whole blocks of cheese. You can freeze sliced cheese. So there's no reason not to do that. And like like we said about some of the other things, like, you can just throw your deli meat or your sliced cheese into the freezer as is. Or you can be a little bit more intentional, build some sandwiches, individually wrap them and throw them in the freezer, too. That's what I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is like my favorite tip that I don't think people realize is that you can actually freeze entire sandwiches, like the meat, the cheese, the bread. And then when you take it out, you can let it thaw and add your condiments and lettuce and tomato and all of that. But like, yes, yes, and yes. And also you can freeze shredded cheese. Like there's no reason at all that shredded cheese should ever go bad or moldy because if you just throw it into the freezer in the bag, it's perfect for using. You don't even have to do anything else. It's just like using it right out of the fridge for quesadillas, for casseroles, for pizza night, for whatever. So yes to all of those things. 
meat. I also kind of don't understand. I'm surprised that it's on here because as soon as meat, if like I haven't used up the meat, I'm throwing it into the freezer. It is in the bottom half, but I think that there are people for whom they like just forget about things. And so this really circles back to what you're saying of like, okay, you planned chicken tenders for Tuesday night and you get to Tuesday and you end up getting takeout. When you get home from picking up takeout or you're putting the takeout leftovers in, you need to either make a plan for when you are going to cook those chicken tenders now or throw it in the freezer. So there's not a lot of like other advice here other than this is when you plan your work and work your plan. Okay, there's more to this, though, because I have a feeling it's on the list at all because it might get wasted from the freezer and not Mm. from fresh. I wonder if people throw it into the freezer and then forget about it and it gets freezer burned and then it's unusable. I know that the only times I ever waste meat is when that has happened yeah. to me. Like it's just been in there so long and I yeah, I can see that there are ice crystals all over the meat or the meat even gets that like white look where you can tell it's been totally dried out by the freezer. So this goes back to meal planning. I wish there was like more to say about it, but like... In meal planning for everyone, one of the things that I was most excited about was helping people figure out their inventory. Because like if you have a system, no matter how like loosey-goosey or where you keep it, pad and paper or your phone, like when you have an inventory and you know what's in your freezer and you know what's in your pantry, like that's the absolute number one most reliable way to reduce your waste. And refer to it when you're meal planning. Like, okay, I have that chicken that's been in there. Let's pull it out, thaw it, and use it. Yep. Okay, the last thing. Yeah, we can't forget about eggs. I Again, this is one where I feel like they have a long shelf life if they're stored properly in your fridge. Again, like a cooler part of your fridge. And I think... I think they're easy to use up because you can make frittatas, you can make stratas, you can make casseroles of all kinds if you feel like they're starting to go bad. You can also freeze eggs, which I think surprises people. Yeah, you can. I don't do it very often. I'm more likely to freeze egg yolks or egg whites from like baking projects. And and the advice for freezing them is the same as I would give for whole eggs. One, you don't want to freeze whole eggs in their shell because as yep. they freeze, they will expand and they'll crack the shell. And then you'll have egg white all over your freezer. Ask me how I know. And then <laughs> uh, so you want to crack them, store them in like um, a freezer tray or a silicone tray in like individual portions One little tip, though, for freezing egg yolks and whole eggs is just a tiny sprinkle of salt helps preserve the texture of the egg yolk for when you cook it. Like the egg yolk can get kind of dry and rubbery in the freezer and a little bit of salt prevents that. Nice. That's a great hot tip. And can we talk about when you thaw eggs? Like, would you make scrambled eggs with a frozen egg? Yes, but probably not a fried egg. Just being real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like great for batters, baking, pancake mix, scrambled, anything like that. Exactly. Last thing, carrots. (laughs) They were on my list. You got called out here. Okay, I took everything in me because I was like, I know this is on the list, so we can't talk about it yet. But I want to talk about now. My number one thing for carrots and celery is like when it starts to go bad, I just chop them up and throw them in a freezer bag. Um, like a, like a stasher bag in the freezer. So then that way, the next time I need like a mirepoix sort of mixture for a soup, I, it's already chopped and I can just pull out a handful. Yeah. So let's tell people mirepoix is 
carrots, onion, and celery. Yes. It's a flavor base for most soups, stews, for a lot of like classic American French cooking. Yes, that's genius. I have another one for you. Even freezing it, cracking it in half if you don't want to take time to chop, just like crack the carrot in half. Take a knife and just whack the whole bunch of celery in half. Put it in the freezer bag. It's going to take up a little more room. But then the next time you make homemade stock, Mm. you just grab from that. It's less about saving things from going bad and more like instead of composting or just making use of end to stem kind of thing. But you can any vegetables like that, except kind of cruciferous vegetables that you wouldn't add to a stock like broccoli or cauliflower. You can just throw into a bag like that, freeze and then use for making a stock, a vegetable stock or even just adding to your chicken stock. I love that so much. And I loved when I used to be in the habit of doing that. And now I'm a little bit inspired to do it again. Do it. I love it. We didn't mention this maybe because it wasn't applicable to the other things. But like carrots, if carrots are going bad, they're really easy to make a quick pickle out of. And you can do like sliced coins where you do like pickled carrots and jalapenos. It's a very like Tex-Mex inspired thing. Or you could just do your favorite pickle base and cut them into matchsticks for snacking on. Yes, absolutely. Although (laughs) sometimes, you know, I don't know. Maybe carrots have ruined it for the carrots. You know how when you cut them up into matchsticks and they kind of bow? Yes. We get weird. My kids are like, mm, I don't want that. It's so weird. It's like it's literally just a shape. Like, what is the problem? But they're so used to like, like baby a, carrots yes, being a straight baby carrot. A straight, yes. And like fresh out of like a watery bag. And they're like these dry ass bowing carrot oh sticks will not do. Listen, we can help you figuring figure out how to stop wasting food. We can help you create a meal planning system you will actually like and use, but we cannot fix that your kids think <laughs> carrots need to be one shape. That's unnatural, actually. Oh, it's so sad, guys. If we could do that, we'd be billionaires. Yeah. But instead, go check out Meal Planning for Everyone. Yes. Please. Our audio course that actually, I swear, like, you guys, if you would just do it, because we that is the number one way to stop wasting food. So we really do hope you check it out. But also, if that's not for you, that's fine. We'd still love to invite you to our Didn't I Just Feed You listeners board. That's our free community area. You get direct access to us as well as our hive mind of busy home cooks and access to our recipe archive, shopping guides, and helpful checklists. We also have a supporting community, which is one way that you can financially support these free public episodes. But when you join, you get access to our ad-free stream, two bonus episodes each month, live Q&A sessions with us and other members. Plus, we throw in some uncut gems, too. Find out more about becoming a member of either community by visiting didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, where we are at didn'tijustfeedyou. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Getzik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next time. Leave us a rating or review and make sure to give it five stars. And leave an epic comment. Do it.